Hello and welcome to Bold Statements, Not So Bold Predictions, where we've got receipts. I'm your host, Keith Cork, and I'm here, man. I'm here with my new buddy, Trey Hill, who's going to be co-hosting the show with me. And uh, man, I'm excited, man. How are you today? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Doing just fine. I, I got some good news this morning. Like I said, I can't really share it to, to anybody just yet, but uh, uh, some people are going to be very happy very soon. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be I'm being pretty cryptic, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's a good day for me, man. Good day. So uh, I'm excited. But uh, no, I'm, and I'm excited to get this started, man. Are, are you how, how excited are you? Oh, I, I am chomping at the bit. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, my man Trey, uh, you know, I talked to him a little bit. He knows this game, but um, let me just kind of describe uh Describe the show a little bit for you. BSBP, Bold Statements, Not So Bold Predictions. It's a show where we put our credibility in line each and every week. Uh, we try to bring our best guess, best guesses about NBA outcomes. Each host is going to start with uh, 100 creds, uh, 100 cred points. We're going to be placing wagers on game outcomes, player props, futures, and uh, just a ton more. Just whatever we decide that we want to put some bets on. Uh, we're, we're a couple of degenerates here, so uh, we're going to go ahead and throw those out there. Uh, but yeah, and uh, you know, we'll also bring some guests on and um, you know, spotting them 100 credits, and they're going to be playing along with us. So we're going to see, um, you know, by the end of the season, we're going to see hopefully everybody in the positive. Uh, and we're going to see, you know, who really knows their stuff in the NBA and who's kind of needs a little bit of work, needs to put a little bit of work in. And hopefully I'm not one of those people, but I very well, very well could be, you know, some of the best uh, cappers in the NBA, you know, they're, they're really hovering around that 52, 53%. So it's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to predict these things. Uh, you know, there's a lot of unpredictability when it comes to the NBA, but we're going to do our best. And uh, for many of our bets, we're going to be using real life odds. So, you know, odds established by sites like PointsBet, by MyBookie, FanDuel Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, um, you name it. We're going to be going to all those different sites trying to find the best odds for you guys. So if you do want to play some actual wagers in real life, you can go to those places and go find them. Uh, you know, and then when it's all said and done, we're going to make that spreadsheet for you guys with all of our, our various um, uh, predictions and outcomes. We're going to make it public so you can see uh, and determine, you know, who knows their stuff. So. Um, but we're thankful for the Hoopball, man. Uh, Hoopball's really given us this platform and this opportunity to, to put this together. And um, you can find our pod. You can find a lot of great pods on there. There's some really, really great ones. Um, I'm not going to name them all, but it's at hoopball.com. That's hoop-ball.com. Uh, and you can go download this podcast there, or you can find them anywhere that you can find or, or download podcasts. So, um, But, yeah, that's uh, that's basically the breakdown of the show. And uh, we're not going to do that every single time, but uh, there you go. You can listen to that and um, and figure it out. But it, as we go, you'll it, it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, so uh, let's introduce ourselves, though, Trey. Why don't you go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Trey Hill. I come from a small town in Illinois where we – uh, it was right on the border with Indiana, and we worshipped basketball like the country thinks Indiana worships basketball, which they do. But so I've just grown up in the game. I played through high school. I was I rode the bench in high school behind some pretty good guys. We ended up being ranked fourth in state at one point, and they were just better than me. But I got to watch and learn and playing with second units. It was a lot of uh, scheme oriented stuff. They wanted me to replicate what the other team was going to do. So I've just, the X's and O's have, I've had an interest in those for ever since I played. And I love gambling. I love betting. And it's, it's really easy to say, Oh, well, I liked this or I liked that, you know, but with this platform, it's really putting our money where our mouth is and putting our knowledge to the test. And I'm, I'm just excited to get to share my knowledge with everybody. 
Yeah, man. I know we were, we were talking before in our interview and, um, <clears throat> you know, you're talking about how you want to really have receipts for, for a lot of your calls. And, and uh, it seems like you really know your stuff. You have some really good reasoning for it. So I'm excited to kick this stuff back and forth with you, see what you think, see what I think. And, um, you know, see see who comes out on top, man. I mean, it's a little bit of a competition between us. We're buddies, but at the same time, uh, we want we want to try to drive up those scores and really uh, really kind of outdo one another. But that's how you uh, win, right? You play basketball, you know. Oh yeah, I uh, definitely want to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. We're we're both kind of stubborn, so it'll it'll work out. Uh, yeah, just to kind of give a, ba- a little background about me, guys. I um, played play basketball through high school. Uh, I started all four years in high school. Uh, didn't play in college. I was kind of burnt out. My the highlight of my career was uh, probably uh, between middle school and high school when I went to the five-star basketball camp. I got blocked by Jeffrey Jordan. That is Sir Air Jordan, Michael Jordan himself. That's his son. Uh, so that's kind of the highlight uh, of my uh, of my playing career was being blocked by somebody that didn't didn't even make the NBA. So <laughs> that tells you about how good I am. But, yeah, I've been watching the game for for years. I've been a Bulls fan since the second three-peat. Um, you know, written for sites like Fansided. I was uh, writing for the Wizards site. I was their site expert for a while writing for the bowl site um and uh it just has a contributor there uh i've been writing for writing and, and contributing to hoop ball for the last season uh doing dfs and wagering on the most for the most part but i've appeared on, on podcasts you've probably heard my voice before um you know if not then uh, check them out we've got dfs podcast we've got um today in sports betting uh, i've been on both of those uh and i've also written for fat for Raz Ball, which is for fantasy content, which um, I'm a big fantasy player. We aren't going to necessarily be covering a lot of fantasy stuff on this show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, this is my baby. The reason I wanted to start this show was because, just like Trey, I want to have receipts. Um, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, I hear people all the time on these, you know, I listen to Sirius XM radio. I listen to ESPN. I hear these guys all the time. You know, one week they're they're on one side of the fence. Next week they're on the other side of the fence. There's no real repercussions for that. They can say whatever the hell they want. Uh, here on this show, we're going to be able to pull up those receipts, so I'm pretty excited. Um, you know, and, I, and I'm and I'm 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 at fault too, Trey. I'm not infallible. I'm not perfect. Uh, to give you an example, I recently was talking to my friends in a group chat, and I told them, man, uh, we were talking about uh, uh, Middleton and and Booker uh, and Drew going over for, uh, from the finals to play in Team USA. And I was, say, I was saying, one one day I was saying, you know, oh, it's not a big deal. They'll be fine. It's not, not a huge deal. They'll have to adjust to the, the international game. But uh, And then the next very, you know, two or three days later, I'm saying the exact opposite to my friend after the Team USA is struggling. I'm going, oh, man, well, they had just played in the finals. And he's he called me out on it. So I, but you know what? Here, if you do that, what are we going to do? Uh, we've got we've got the receipts <laughs> we've got the receipts so so we'll call up call me on my bullshit but no man it's exciting um but yeah let's let's go ahead and jump into you know we've got some big news that just popped dropped this weekend the lorry marketing trade um you know just to kind of review those um that trade it was lorry marketing goes to the cleveland cavaliers uh larry nance jr goes to the portland trailblazers the Bulls get Derek Jones Jr., a first-round pick that is heavily uh, uh, lottery protected through 2028, and a second-round pick. And I have to actually search for that to see what, which second-round pick that is exactly. It's, but It's the Nuggets' second-round pick in 2022, I believe, and then okay. the Trailblazers' pick starts in 2023. Perfect. And uh, so what are your thoughts on that trade? Who wins that trade? Let's break it down, man. Um, I mean, I'm excited. Uh, I know we, you and I are both Bulls fans, so I'm pretty excited about it. But w- give me your thoughts. What are your thoughts about the trade? I'm going to be a homer. I think the Bulls won the trade, really. Um, 
getting a first round pick and Derek Jones Jr., who is a another wing they can throw out there, another body that's a capable NBA player, which is more valuable than you think, just having bodies who can go out there and not be negatives. That's a win for getting for a guy who didn't want to play on your team anymore. My I I think I like Laurie going to the Cavs a lot more than most people do. And I think Nance will fit fine in Portland, but I think Portland ends up ends up being the losers in this deal overall. Nance is he's a really good player. He's a great complimentary player. But right now they're worried about Dame leaving. That's their priority. And I don't think Nance puts them over the hump of enough to keep Dame around. Yeah, I you know I I kind of wanted to to see if there was a chance to call BS on you there, but I'm I'm pretty much right in line with you there. Uh, I mean, look, the Bulls got the cake and the icing too, man. They got the they got the pick. They wanted the first round pick. They sent out three first round picks, if I'm not mistaken, in the Demar Derozan and the uh, Vucevic trades, right? Yep. So they needed some first round. They needed some draft collateral for the future. They just absolutely need it, even if they use it to draft people or they use it in future trades. It's just something they they desperately needed. Because you have to you have to basically make your, your assets versatile in this league just just to be competitive. So they get that first round pick in the Portland 2022 first round uh, protected. And, and just to clarify, the second round pick is a 2023 Denver pick. Uh, sorry, I should have had that up. But uh, but anyway, so it's a 2023 Denver pick. Well, I was um, wrong, too. I had the years mixed up. No worries. No worries. We got it. We got it right this time. Second, second time to charm. But uh, no. So, so you know, the Portland 20, 2022 first round draft pick, it's heavily protected um, through 2028. What do you think the odds are that that actually converts? I th- I think it'll convert this. Sh- I think it'll convert. Ne- what is it next year? It's the first year that it's eligible, or would it be this this off season, the twenty twenty two? It'd be so twenty twenty two. Right. I think they make the playoffs this year. I think mm-hmm. I think the Dame is he's got a four year contract, so they're not they're not desperate to move him. They don't want to move Dame. Dame doesn't really want to leave as like he. He wants to go, but he, he doesn't want to cut the cord just yet. I think he plays one more year there. I think Nance is a big improvement. I think Nurkic is going to be healthy. And I think they make the playoffs and it converts. If it doesn't convert this year, I think we have another Kings situation. Uh, do you? I don't know if you remember that, but the Bulls had the Kings first round pick for like six straight years. And all they had to do was make the playoffs to get it. And it was this valuable trade chip and it just never conveyed. But I, I think it conveys this year. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of in line with you there. I mean, you look at um, you know the West Coast did get weaker, I think, and I think the the Blazers, um, you know, we're going to talk about them a little bit more in a minute. I think they got a little bit better with this trade. Um, you know, it's it, you can still lose a trade and your team can get better. I think this trade works on for every team, uh, and we'll talk about that some more also. But uh, you know, I think the Blazers are, I think they're probably a mid, middle middling team, right? They're probably going to be, um, I would think five, six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range. So if that happens, then the pick converts next, next season. So, uh, in this next off season, I should say. So, um, it's perfect for the Bulls. So they'll have some, they'll have a draft pick at that point. Um, but yeah, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the Blazers. I mean, let's talk about Larry Nance jr. Um, you know, I'm looking at their, their starting lineup. You got a potential starting lineup of Damian Lillard, <clears throat> CJ McCollum. Uh, Norm Powell, Larry Nance Jr., and Yusuf Nurkic. How does that How does that suit you? Where do you got them in the West? I want to put them right right where you said, right in that six, seven, eight range. I have the Lakers, Jazz, Suns, Dallas ahead of them, pretty solid. The Warriors, depending on when Clay comes back, I would have ahead of them, and then they're right there in the mix with Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, Minnesota. 
the Clippers. Or did I say no? I haven't. I haven't even said the Clippers. I think the Clippers are right there in that range too. The the Denver Clippers, Memphis, Portland range. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, it, it, it's tough though because I mean, they, you could see them slipping to that nine or ten spot, in which case the um, lottery pick wouldn't. It would be a lottery pick and it wouldn't convert. So. You know, it, it, it's a little bit risky. I think what I think it, what it boils down to for the for the Portland Trailblazers is this is kind of like a contingency plan in case Dame does end up requesting out or leaving. Um, I mean, if you get to the trade deadline and the Blazers are, you know, sub 500, um, you know, there are a few games under 500. At that point, you have to be really thinking, man, do I want to do I want to move Dame? And I know there's a lot of, um, you know, rumors out there about Dame for Ben Simmons swaps. And if I'm the Portland Trailblazers, I'm thinking pretty heavily about that. What about you? Oh, I, no, okay. no. I I was more I was more taking a moment to to try adding Nance long term. I don't know how well he would fit with Ben Simmons, but I don't I don't think they're thinking about that that part. I I I think you're right where they did this lottery protection because it's let's try this out, see if it works. And if this doesn't work, it's going to be time to blow it up. Nance, you you mentioned the starting lineup. You have three guys who space the floor extremely well, but none none of them are excellent playmakers for their positions. Like Dame's not a an, a great playmaker at the point guard. There are numerous better pl- playmaking point guards than him. Nance is an above average. He's going to be an above average playmaker at the four. He's going to help that offense flow a lot better than it than it would without him. So I. I'm confident that it'll it'll convey, and if not the Ben Simmons trade, it's just it's out there, and that's that's just that's what they're waiting on. Do you do you think they're the Blazers are hoping it gets toxic with the 76ers and they'll cave and accept McCollum? Uh, that's a good question. That is a good question. Um, I, I think it, I think it's a game of chicken between the two teams. I think the 76ers are waiting on Dame to one out, and they're they're waiting on Ben Simmons and to get back there in that top because everyone says it's going to be toxic. He hasn't talked to the 76ers front office. There there are a lot there are lots of things at play here, and if Ben Simmons comes out and he's not the player he's he has been in the regular season that have us rating him so high as a regular season player, I McCollum might be the best thing they can get in terms of a player to fit with their core to contend with Embiid. I think um, if I'm looking at it from the Portland Trailblazers standpoint, and I, you know, I listed their starters. I, I have Dame, I have McCollum, I have Powell, I have Nance, and I have um, uh, Nurkic, right? And and, and Nurkic is, is, is injury prone. McCollum, not necessarily injury prone, but he did miss last season with, with a back injury, I believe. Um, you know, so... I, I'm not confident in that. And the biggest thing that's missing, in my opinion, is a true two-way player. I like I like Norm Powell. Don't get me wrong. I love Norm Powell. I think him and CJ McCollum kind of occupy the same space, though, on, a, on an NBA team. They're both, you know, scoring volume scores. They're going to take shots. They're going to make shots at a high clip. So I'd rather move Norm Powell to the, to the shooting guard position, and I'd rather trade McCollum right now, um, especially before he plays, um, before I see, you know, if, if there's a potential that he has a step back because of that injury, because of missing so much time. I trade McCollum now for a real two-way wing player. Um, you know, who can that be? I haven't really taken a look to, to see, but I think that's probably the thinking I would have if I was a Portland GM. So 
you know, it, is it if I'm if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, do I take McCollum? I think I think you're right. I think that, you know, you're losing leverage the more that this drama continues in Philadelphia. I do think Ben Simmons shows up on day one and I think he plays for the 76ers to start the season next season. Um, but at the same time, if there are these rumors still flying around and and, you know, they keep losing this leverage. McCollum's not bad. I I I would take McCollum um, in their situation. I think that that's a good fit, also next to Joel Embiid. What do you do? You, are you in this agreement with me here, or what? Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at with it. If Ben Simmons, I think he shows up on day one also, and there's a very good chance things go very well in the regular season. They had the best five man lineup in the regular season last year by net rating, and it wasn't super close. They're a great regular season team, but if it's Ben Simmons doesn't seem to be the kind of guy that just forgives and forgets. Brett Brown, he seemed to hold a grudge against him for for talking about how he should shoot. He hasn't talked to the 76ers for an office. It might just be extremely toxic in that locker room this year, and they might just want to, to alleviate that. And I can't think of a better compliment than McCollum that they could get for a, a, a damaged goods Ben Simmons, which – Daryl Morey seems hell-bent on going into the season betting on Ben Simmons, and if it goes great, they're not going to want to move him for anything less than Dame Lord. But if it goes bad, McCollum might be the best they can get. Yeah. I think we're I think we're pretty much in agreement there. I, we're going to move on though because we're going to we got to talk about the Cleveland side of this. I mean, I think I think a lot of people, um, especially on NBA Twitter, are kind of low on this um, from the Cleveland side, and and I understand why. I think they're really all worried about, um, you know. Uh, Stunting uh, Evan Mobley's growth. So, I mean, what do you think? What do you think the fit is there? Do you think oh that's... man, I, my phone locked. I wanted to do the BS thing right there. <laughs> uh oh. I'm, I'm calling. I'm calling the BS on it. Okay. Stunting Evan Mobley's growth. Okay, we got our we got our first BS. That's okay. I heard it. I heard the. And, I, and yeah. I, I I know it's not really you because you you kind of pass it off on NBA Twitter. You're like NBA Twitter <laughs> thinks, but the NBA is all about spacing in today's game. The Cavaliers traditionally, if you watched them last year, it was either Garland or Sexton. They had the ball and they were initiating an offense that had one action while you had spacing around that action. And they created off of that, kind of like what we watched Trey Young do with the Spain pick and roll. You have your point guard create off a pick and roll and go from there. Larry Nance Jr. was not spacing the floor at all for them. He's a great playmaker and he he adds he is a better overall player than Larry Markinen, but Laurie can shoot the shit out of the ball he he was four percent better on catch and shoot than larry nance last year on a lot more volume he was 18 percent better in the corner 18 percent is a huge gap there are there are guys who can make three-point shots and there are guys who are three points snipers that you have to get out on laurie's one of those guys giving mobley that spacing to work with is going to help benefit him in his development I, I think it would have stunted his growth more to have a clogged to have an extra clogged lane all of the time than to have have a guy who is going to struggle on defense. But part of being a, a good rim protector, I feel like, is being able to clean up other people's mistakes. And so learning that at NBA speed, it these next few years, Cleveland's not trying to contend. They're trying to develop to contend. And I, I think this was a bonus for them. Yeah, let me. Um, yeah, let me. Let me. Um, let me clarify. And and I think um, you know we're gonna put a bet down here. I, I think I'm actually kind of in agreement with you though. Um, I think 
As low as I am on Laurie, I mean, obviously I'm a Bulls fan, you're a Bulls fan, we watched him a lot. I'm pretty low on him just because he never really panned out to what we all expected. You know, the first couple seasons we're thinking all-star is really within reach. And um, he's just got flaws in his game. I mean, anytime he, anytime he really put the ball on the floor, I cringe. He's got no ball security when he drives, no, none at all. Um, he's a great shooter. He's a great shooter. If, if nothing else, his floor is still a really excellent uh, stretch four, which is fine. I mean, you know, he's making about $16 million a year. It's a reasonable it's a reasonable salary you know it's a little bit of an overpay maybe but they're they're making on like you said that you know he, he might pan out to what the bulls thought he would be in the first couple seasons if he does they have a wonderful problem on their hands because if evan mobley pans out if laurie markinen pans out you know you've got two two potential all-stars in your team i mean even if there's a log jam you trade one and it's not a big deal or you trade maybe you know jared allen to a contender um he's he's making quite a bit of money but you know maybe you get somebody to take that on he's a good player too so uh i, I think it's a good i think it's a it's a low risk bet for the cleveland cavaliers i don't see it as a negative for them i see it as a slight positive um now my my question is could they have gotten something that fits better with their team closer to the to, to the deadline or or if they just maybe shopped around a little bit more could they get somebody like an rj hampton you know, who's in a a, a, a logjam backcourt. He's not really, I mean, he's not really getting the minutes right now. He's got that that potential, I think. You know, I don't know if he's got as much potential as marketing, but it fits a little bit better on their team, in my opinion. Do you think they could have gotten something a little bit, that fits a little bit better besides the pieces that they have? I, I'm pretty all in on Garland being a, the the number one option on an offense i think he showed some real development in the pick and roll and and his playmaking and reading the defense last year and i think that's where cleveland's stance is too so to me honestly i feel like rj again rj hampton is obviously a better prospect than laurie but with what they're trying what they wanted to add to this team which was they they perceived the biggest weakness to be perimeter shooting from a big and they went out and added it to me, I I feel like that's what they, they prioritized. Hampton would be a good option. Um, I even thought maybe Cam Reddish from the Hawks is maybe the ceiling that I had for what they could have traded Larry Nance for at the trade deadline. I like because that. They, I like and, that. But even even then, he he's that wing and he he could play he could play the four next to Mobley and Allen. I think eventually it seems like all of the positions are just slowly shrinking, mm-hmm. you know, an, an inch or two every three years, but. To me, I, I feel like the the Cavalier the Cavaliers identified a weakness in big perimeter shooting and spacing, basically, and they wanted to address that. Well, let me let me back up here. We called the BS, so let's go ahead and get a, a bold prediction out there. Here's what I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at Laurie Markkinen's uh, scoring over the last his his four years in the NBA: 15.2 points, 18.7 points, 14.7 points, 13.6 points per game. That's that's you know his rookie year onwards. So here, here's where I would like to place the bet. What do you think as far as 16 points per game for Laurie Markin? What are you taking, over or under there? <laughs> oh, oh, I think you might be muted there, buddy. That's uh, 16 points a game. That's If he makes four threes a game, mm-hmm. he's going to be right at 12. I... I'm going to go slightly under. Slightly under. Okay. Well, yeah. we're in agreement there, so we'll have to find something else. It's not a big deal. Uh, we've got effective field goal percentage. How about this? 52%, 51%, uh, 52%, and 
last season, 59% effective field goal percentage. I believe that is actually his best season in effective field goal percentage. Do you think he's going to be um, on the low end of that? So we'll say 51%, or do you think he'll be on the high end of that 59%? If we set the over-under at 54%, I'll take the over. Okay. I'm going to take the under on that. That's our bet. That's our gentleman's agreement. We're going to do one unit. I'm under on the 54% on the effective field goal percentage for Laurie Markkinen on the Cavs, and you're on the over. Uh, I'm just, you know, I think he's a great fit next to Jared Allen. I think, like you said, I think uh, Darius Garland's got um, got kind of the, the main facilitator on the offense on lockdown. And, um, you know, I just think, I think the Cavs are going to, I think the Cavs are going to be worse this year after they trade Larry Nance for, for Laurie Markkinen. I can't see them being better. Uh, I don't think it really matters to them. Like I said, you know, they want him to pan out and, and be a, a really great player. But uh, I, I just don't – I don't know. I, after watching him so much and watching how the defense is adjusted to how he plays and making him put the ball on the floor, and I just – I'm thinking he probably lands on the on the, on the, on the under 54% there. So that's our that's our, that's our, uh, our gentleman's agreement bet there. Perfect. And let's move on. We are going to get to our locks, our BSBP locks for the day. But before we do, I'm going to go ahead and read our MyBookie uh, guys over here. Before we get started, I'm going to you know give a quick shout out to our guys over there at MyBookie. Uh, it's really, I mean, Trey, I don't know if you uh, have been there. I'm sure you have because you are on the show with me. But if you have, uh, it's really the best sports book around. It's got a fully fledged casino platform, and any sports bet you can think of, you can make. I mean, I've literally put together you know these nine, ten. Uh, Lake parlays over there and uh it's really it's really user friendly it's really a lot of fun uh they've got live dealers also so if you sign up and enter the promo code hoopball that's h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l you can get your first deposit matched halfway up to your first thousand dollars so if you put in a thousand dollars guys you get an extra 500 so pretty good deal um you know, go over there, put that promo code in. A lot of the ads that we're going to be doing, especially these ads, this next segment are going to be from uh, my bookie. So, uh, anyways, who do you got? Um, we're going to give you a couple of plays that we've got from that website. So, who do you? What do you got there, Trey? I went ahead, and my lock for right now is the. Well, my lock is the Lakers minus five over the Warriors opening night. Clay Thompson's not going to be back. LeBron is anxious to prove something because, you know, he feels any perceived slight he takes extremely personal. He's ready to get out there and prove that they're not the old team. They're going to come out and dominate. And I just I like the Lakers to overwhelm the Warriors. Steph Curry is I think he's getting to be a little underrated by the by the NBA circles with what he provides. But I don't think he's going to be enough to beat the Lakers or to be within five. All right, so that's uh, you said Lakers minus five, and I think that's a minus one ten on the odds. How many units yes, you put it, on that one? Uh, I'm gonna put two units on it. All right, because you said we usually do one to three, right? Yeah, one to three. That's, so we're gonna yeah. do two two point two units to win two. Is that what you're looking thinking of? Yes, sir. All right, so we got two point two units to win two on Lakers minus five. Any other locks you got for us today? That's the only one I have right now. Um, I went to their website and I just I want to get a little bit closer to see how things shake out because you never know someone like Larry Nance might get traded and then <laughs> picking the Portland under might not be as confident as you think. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. We're we're gonna talk about you know, in some future episodes we're gonna talk about some some win totals and what we think about that. It's gonna be, I'm really excited for that. You know, talk about where we have our standings. 
uh, man, it's going to be an exciting year. A lot of a lot of shakeups, a lot of things, moving pieces. So, um, and of course, I'm excited because the Bulls are going to be good. So <laughs> I can't can't leave that out. But anyways, uh, no, I've got one play for you guys. I've got Bulls minus two point five since I'm a, a homer through and through. Uh, minus two point five up against the Pistons. Minus one ten is the odds on that one. Uh, and I'm going to go two point two to win two units on that also. And you know, just all these new additions in the full offseason under their belts. I think these Bulls. Um, they're going to be raring and ready to go. I can't imagine them winning by less than three points against the Pistons. I mean, the Pistons are trying to implement uh, Kate Cunningham into their offense now. They just took out Plumlee, who I thought was really a plus for them. Uh, I like Isaiah Stewart. I think he's limited on the offensive side. Still, he's still pretty raw. So uh, I think they will struggle. I think the Bulls are really um, going to come out and pr- try to prove people wrong. Um, there's a lot of people saying that their pieces don't fit. Um, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. A lot of people are saying their defense is bad. Um, and, and you know what? That's, that's yeah, it, it's kind of a, the defense bad part is kind of a valid statement because the first month that Vooch came over and they played, they were, you know, 22nd in the, in the league in defensive rating. And so I get where people are coming from because they did look bad for a while. But if you look at their schedule, man, I mean, um, oh, of course I popped, I popped it's, off the, go it ahead. Starts, it starts out really, really convenient for the Bulls. They, mm-hmm. It, and then it then it ramps up. I want to say November is it's really rough. So the Bulls need to get off to a hot start. But I'm I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick this as another as one of my locks simply because I'm a Bulls fan and I didn't want to be the homer who picked the Bulls. So I'm glad <laughs> that you did. So we get to talk about it. Yeah. They, I like the I like what Detroit is building, but like you said, they're not quite there yet. And the Bulls are a full fledged team ready to go. And I think they're going to come out ready, just ready to make a statement, much like like I said with LeBron and the Lakers. I think the Bulls want to come out and show people that their front office didn't make a mistake bringing DeRozan in. Yeah, I mean, you know, Vooch came over on the 27th of March, and, and uh, just to kind of recap, you know, the first month they were 22nd on defensive rating, but by the end of the season, if you take the whole swath of the games from March 27th to the end of the season, they were 11th in defensive rating, and, you know, Vooch did anchor a top five defense in Orlando for years, so, you know, people just forget about that. Um, I think there's a lot of unjust criticism. I mean, if you look at their their game schedule, um, they played on March 27th in San Antonio, then they had to travel to California to play on the 29th against Golden State, then they had to travel to Phoenix to play the third first and they had to travel to utah um then they had to go travel home to play brooklyn so it's just they had no pre- it was every other day they were playing games this was the condensed schedule for the second half for the covid season so they, they just had no practice time and, and on the nba level you need practice time because defense is really a team concept it's not really an individual concept at all on the, on the nba level so uh, i think people are selling this bulls team short we're going to talk a little bit more more about that in the future so um anyways that's it that's all the time we have for you today on bsbp you know, hope you enjoyed our first show, guys. Uh, you know, we're going to iron out the kinks here and, and really uh, build up something great here. I hope you guys come along that journey. Um, you know, wherever you're listening, please like and subscribe while you're there. Just leave us a, a little review. Just tell us, you know, hey, you guys are doing a great job or, hey, you guys are, are sucking. Uh, you know, good or bad, we want to hear what we're doing well. Just give us five stars. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whatever you really think, give us the, give us your true opinion. We want to hear what we're doing well, what we're not doing so well. Uh, we want to make the show better and better. So, you know, I'm Keith Cork, and you can find me uh, on Twitter at, at BSBP. Keith, that's BSBP, Keith, and uh, Trey, why don't you tell people, good people, where they can find you? Uh, I'm also on Twitter, at Final Finally, um, just how it sounds, F-I-N-A-L-F-I-N-A-L-L-Y. 
And don't forget to follow the sh uh, show's Twitter account, guys. It's at at BSBPNBA, at at BSBPNBA. It's a lot of lot of letters in a row. We'll, we'll think about that one a little bit more. But anyways, <laughs> that's it. Find our find our show on Twitter. Find us on Twitter. Follow us. We'll be we'll be breaking stuff down, hopefully for months and hopefully for years to come. So, uh, all right, guys, have a great one. Bye.